Hello mortals, Mistress Darby here with an episode of Storytime with Sluts. Dating sucks. It sucks time, money, and joy out of our cosmic bodies, and in my case, it usually also erupts into a black hole. After my last relationship, I felt like I needed to orbit my own planet and gather stardust to recover. I wrote this a few months ago as I was dipping my toe in the dating pool. Here we go, all you tender, tender babies and hot and sweaty swipers. Welcome to the Babes of Valhalla. Content may not be suitable if you are underaged, closed-minded, or immature. We discuss topics that are graphic and sexual in nature. Dating is a new territory for me. Well, casual dating at least. I've done it in brief periods, but I've been a serial monogamist for the majority of my dating life. Growing up in the religion that I did, dating didn't happen and wasn't allowed until you were 16. And I didn't do much in the dating world until I was 17, which was fine by me. Boys made me nervous. I didn't want anyone to see me naked. Hell, I didn't even want to look at myself naked and things like holding hands and kissing were way too foreign. And I still believed at the ripe age of 17 that I would wait to have sex until I was married. Obviously, I got over my fears, had boyfriends, lost my virginity, had more boyfriends, and became a stripper. Funny how things work out. Since I started dancing, my casual dating has been zilch, zero, nada. I have strictly been in monogamous relationships that were close together. No long months of being single, and no just going on a first date or realizing that person isn't for you type thing. I've really struggled with not feeling like I had freedom in relationships, and so after my last relationship erupted like the volcano of Pompeii, I decided it was time. I resigned myself to, as I call it, none life. No boys, no dating, no anything, just me, myself, my friends, the dog, and Jesus Christ. Joking. After almost nine months of none life, which I loved, I thought, well, fuck. Maybe I'm ready to do an experiment of sorts and into practicing of what it's like to casually date. So, online dating, here we come. I made my Bumble account, threw my cautions to the wind, and chose my profile to not disclose that I was a stripper. I focused on my day job in the work description and decided that I would wait until in person to reveal my nighttime gig. For some reason, I was super nervous. I realized I hadn't dated a civilian in a really long time. The last three men I dated were familiar with strip club culture, had met me there, and one had actually been a male stripper, so I wasn't sure how the big reveal was going to go with someone that didn't fall in any of those categories. So it started out okay. After a few days, I felt like I had a handle on it, talking to a few guys, making plans for a few dates, and they pretty much went as follows. Yes, I own an art gallery, I say. Yes, it's great. Oh, what do I do at night? Why can I only meet on Mondays or Wednesdays? Well, funny enough, I also work at a bar. They, of course, assume I bartend and I let them. I think to myself, hey, it's a first date. There's no physical action happening. And is it really worth the energy it's going to take to tell them at this point? I decide it's not. And maybe if I decide this person in the future is worth it, then I'll spill the beans. Eventually, I do. 
The first guy is a tall, half-Egyptian Italian man with a Long Island accent and a Jersey Shore attitude. He and I are laying on the couch watching a movie. The film ends, and we've been talking the whole time, chatting back and forth. And I decide, okay, look, I have to tell you something. Big breath. (sighs) Okay, here we go. I am not a bartender. I work at a bar, yes. But it's not just a bar, it's actually a strip club. And I'm not a bartender, I'm actually a stripper. His eyes go wide. No way. We spend the next hour unpacking this new information. And I decide, fuck it, I'm just going to go for it. And I tell him everything. Yes, I have a sugar daddy type in Florida that I see a few times a year. Yes, I currently have a foot sleeve that I do in-home sessions with at my house about once a week. Yes, I travel dance. I do lap dances. Yeah, guys, touch your boobs. I realized during this conversation that this is a man that surprisingly really doesn't watch a lot of porn, has never been to a strip club, and has never, ever had a lap dance. Of course, this is my luck. His only information about what a stripper or a strip club really is, is from the movies, and we all know how well we are portrayed there. So here it comes. His response. Thank you so much for telling me, and I'm glad you felt like you could trust me with that information. Okay, good so far. He continues. I'm honestly sort of in shock. I just can't imagine you in that environment. Are you okay if I ask you some questions? Sure. I'm an open book. This is when it starts to get bad. So you have a pimp then, right? And like, when's the last time you got tested? I mean, you can, like, you can get STDs from lap dances. Don't you know? So you do backroom stuff, right? Like you take care of guys if they pay you enough. So you said you don't do drugs, but like you do. I mean, like all strippers do. Did you actually go to college? So like, what's the timeline here? How long are you actually going to do this? And it ends with this classic cherry. I mean, I guess enjoy it while it lasts. Well, that turned around quickly. Now it was my turn to be in shock. I toggled between being angry and being offended. I wish that was the only time I had to answer those questions, but no, a few weeks later, it was deja vu all over again. A great night out, laughs, good conversation all around, this time with a self-proclaimed, non-judgmental, music-loving, born-again Christian. Hey, I was taking a gamble on this one, Uh, and it went almost exactly the same way, except for the added sting of... I knew you were too good to be true. Oh, the joys of being a tainted woman. Between deep breaths and eye rolls, I thought, okay, I will try one more time. I just needed someone, anyone, to give me faith in the male population. This time, we didn't even get to the big reveal. In the course of an evening, he ordered for both of us, not once asking my opinion. I listened to him monologue about his amazing manners, his politics, intelligence, sex prowess, and of course, the size of his dick. The whole time, I felt like I should be getting paid to be there. But I sipped my drink and went into club mode as a survival tactic for boredom. The worst date ever became truly horrendous when in doing a bit of banter, I apparently said something worth him reaching across the table and slapping me in the face. Let's just say the day ended there and we shan't be talking to that guy ever again.
At this point, on my angry drive home, I deleted the app and decided I was done. It was hopeless, and I was apparently very bad at online dating and probably dating in general. The next few weeks after this final dating incident, I kept asking myself if what I wanted was really that hard. Someone to go do fun things with this summer? That is perfectly fine with me running my own work life without the whole 100 questions game or the constant check-in? Can I please find a man that just lets me manage my own life as I have been these last 30 years? Apparently, those men aren't online. A month after putting down the dating apps, still feeling blah about the whole thing, I'm in the VIP on a Sunday midday, dancing for a very funny, very rich, very available retired man. While he's showing me his vacation home in Rome, his cabin in the mountains, his newest sculpture straight from the ruins of Pompeii that's currently in his estate, I ooh and ah as I'm supposed to, forever faking, impressed by someone else's tremendous wealth. The dances turn into courts and the courts to more courts, and after I've rubbed my boobs all over his face, received a surprisingly good shoulder massage, he and I are both satisfied. While we run out the clock on our last 10 minutes of our final court, He turns to me and asks the same question I've been asking myself the last 11 months since my breakup. What do you really want in a partner? I stared at him, blankly, because he'd caught me off guard. You know, I'm not really sure right now, I respond. I think I kind of just don't want one. He laughs and pats me on the arm and says, look, I had a really good time with you. You're beautiful, you're fun to talk to, you love art, and you like to travel. I'm looking for someone to spend time with, monogamous preferred. I will take you all over the world, take care of everything you need financially, and the rest we will figure out. Think about it, because I'm being serious. He slipped his number in my bag with a very generous tip, then hugged me goodbye. Of course, this isn't the first or the last time. We've all heard similar things. And the reality is we all get offers like this at one point or another in our dancing career. I'm not saying he's not serious. I'm not saying he is. All I'm saying is that I wasn't about to jump on this dude's plane, but after I'd laughed it off and was driving home, it kept coming back to me. It wasn't about his offer in particular. It was just that the whole thing kind of stirred up the same things I've been struggling with during this whole dating debacle. What was I looking for, and was it really possible to find it and work in the industry? Was I ready to throw in the towel and be open to or explore a fully involved sugar ship? Were the benefits worth it? The most nagging and sickest joke of the whole thing is that in that VIP court, it was that guy that made me feel more accepted, clean, and worthy than any of the guys I had gone out with in my online dating stint. All in all, look, being single and dancing has been great. I've loved it. Attempting to date while dancing, not so much. Being an out-of-this-world space babe is one of the best jobs that exists, and when it's just me, I don't feel like I don't belong. But when I have to talk about it with men outside of the industry, it seems like it's just a lot of uncomfortable, unnecessary questions that allude to some idea that you are dirty, too different, too much, and not enough all at once. And maybe that's exactly it, to have someone that makes you feel like you are enough. I don't know if that only exists for us with fabulous customers in the VIP through our friends and manifested within our own selves. I don't know if the civilian man is ready to take on such magical beings that we as sex workers are. I have to believe that there is someone out there that can, that wants to, and that loves it, and more importantly, sees the value in the work for me and respects why I love it so much. Who that person is, 
I don't know. Will I throw in the towel for the moment and venture off on a sugar ship adventure? I don't know about that either. Meanwhile, while I'm figuring it out, I'm grateful for my stripper sisters, the pup, and everyone else that accepts, loves, and sees worth in me exactly the way that I am. And that's a wrap for today's story time with sluts. In the meantime, to soothe your aching loins, you can find us on Instagram at Babes of Valhalla. If you would like to email us or call in with an antidote for an upcoming episode, check out our social media for the themes we are currently researching and send your comments and stories to babesofvalhalla at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, stay nasty. Babes of Valhalla is written and produced by the Babes of Valhalla otherwise known as your illustrious lieges, Darby and Charlie. Music provided by the musical genius, Gemini Genesis.